is everybody this morning? Are we doing good? Who's enjoying this awesome, wonderful weather? Isn't it great? It's great. Friday, I was all day working outside, helping my mom. Saturday morning, plagued with allergies. It was worth it, though, right? <laughs> to be out there in nature. Well, you guys, good morning. You are welcome here today. Are you ready to worship this morning? Yeah. Are you all say? Can I say it again? Oh, well, that's true. Yes. Are we ready to get our worship on this morning? Yes. <laughs> it's going to be great. Right now, we're going to stand and we're going to say our ethos and mission. If you'll stand with me, please. And read along with me, of course. House Church's mission is to connect people with God and each other in an atmosphere of love and grace. As a faith community, we are committed to living relationally according to the values of our ethos. Married, divorced, and single here, it's one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here, we all gotta give a little here. Doubt and believe here, we all can receive here. LGBTQIA plus and straight here, there's no hate here. Woman, man, and trans here, every gender, binary or non, can here. Whatever your race here, for all of us, a place here. Rich or poor here, class differences dissolve here. Able-bodied or differently abled, you're part of the body of Christ here. Neurodivergent or neurotypical, you have the mind of Christ here. Popular and accepted or outcast and rejected, we all belong in Christ here. In an imitation of the extravagant love God has for each of us and all of us, let us live and love the best we can by putting people first and labels second. Yay. All right, you may be seated. We're going to have a few announcements here. Easter, Kelly Kemp. Come on down. Kelly's going to tell you about our big Easter event that we're going to have. She is. She didn't know, but she knows now, right? <laughs> all the way up. All the way up. All the way up. Right here. There you go. Okay. Hi, y'all. Hey, everybody. Okay, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt on Easter for anyone ages birth to... Mike, a little closer. Anyone ages birth to, let's say, 99? <laughs> let's say our kids. So birth to 18. Let's do it that way. Um, if you're 18 to 21 and you're in college, come find me separately. Mommy will have something for you. Okay. So um, if you want to help with our Easter egg hunt, we would love that. We are in need of plastic eggs, candy that would fit in plastic eggs, and anything non-chokeable. So, um, like the number one choking hazard for kids under the age of four are latex balloons, so let's not stick any of those that kids have to blow up in there, things like that. Um, if it can fit through 
like a tiny little penny-sized hole, it's chokeable. So just remember that when we're thinking about our little ones. Let's, let's not choke anybody. Um, but I am in need of plastic eggs, candy, anything that will fit in there, or dollar bills if anybody wants to, you know, donate a dollar bill. Kids will love that. And we, uh, when are we going to do it, Ellie? You want to do it before? Okay, everything will start around 9 o'clock that morning, and we'll do the egg hunt sometime then. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and if it's nice enough, we'll do it outside. If it's not, we will do it in the church, all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what we're doing. Um, and I think that's yes. There's a box in the back, y'all. I was going to make one for next week, so perfect. There's a box in the back where you can put stuff um, if you want, or you can just hand it to me. I don't care. Okay. Since I have you up here. Can we go to, there you go. Oh, you look great. You look great, Kelly. <laughs> you want to talk about? Yes. Okay, the Walking the Bridgeless Canyon study. I think I am going to actually, if it's okay, push that back one week to the next week. There is a conference that some folks at church are attending, and they wouldn't be able, I think that Thursday night is the last night of that conference. So I would love to be respectful and mindful of that. So let's push that back to, so, yes, April 14th. I'm glad somebody in here can count. Okay, so this book, Walking the Bridgeless Canyon, is, um, is a book, it's a thick book. It explains the historical, cultural, biblical, um, biblical things that, that happened, um, that explains a whole lot of where uh, modern mainstream religion um, has come to view the LGBTQ community and how we can be that bridge of acceptance biblically, historically, and culturally. It is an excellent, factual, biblical resource. It is a thick book. I think that this study is probably going to take months and months. I'd love to take it slow and uh, take it as we need. Maybe. <laughs> Bonnie said we might be done by Christmas. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, that's the correct date. Let's start at April 14th. Um, we, if anybody wants to do it in person, we'll be at my house on Thursdays, and we're also going to do via Zoom, via Zoom, so we can we can do it both there is a discussion guide that goes with the book. I think the book and the discussion guide together are $30 on Amazon. If anybody um, is having a hard time coming up with that funding, um, see, who do we want to see? See me. See me. Um, and then I will get with the church. So that, I think, is about it. And I'm planning for an hour each week. So we might only get done with one question this hour. But, yeah. That's all right. We'll get there. Hey. That's why it'll last till Christmas, probably. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. Our house church apps. Members directory. I, You know, I talk about it every week. I can't praise it more. If you don't have it, you need it. You will use it. It's it's awesome. Um, the, H, the house church app. Well, one is for tithely giving. 
house church app and then directory so there's two different ones two are on one right directory is on one and then the, the house church app you can go back and listen to the message each week go back and listen listen to coffee and theology um, it's, it's just it's just so great I hope everybody hope everybody has it because you know if you reach out to me for a phone number where I'm gonna send you <laughs> to get the directory app right <laughs> anyway it's awesome Ukraine we we have a praise here we met our goal of raising a thousand dollars we exceeded that goal how about that but there still is an opportunity if you still if you didn't give closer to 1400 isn't that awesome we are such a giving giving family aren't we and if you still wanted to give and you haven't given you you can still do that it's it's not too late to give to that it's so awesome you know one of the things that I love about House Church, and it's really been from the beginning, is that we are a very giving church. We've always given to, reached out to, for other people, right, that are in need. We always take care of our family in, you know, in-person family. And everybody, if we need to raise money for something, all we have to do like this is just put it up there. And we always exceed what we do. It's so important. Giving, you know, you can't, you can't out, you always growing up you could always say you can't out give God right but it, it's really true whether you give your your time your talent your treasure giving you know you will be blessed beyond and we've just gone through this patch of you know not being in the building so our rent here went went down considerably well now that we're back full-time it's going back up right so just keep that in mind if you've never given before and you would like to give we you know it will go to a good cause, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Our rent is going up. Or if you feel led, you've been giving some, and you've been, you know, if you're like me, you get that you get that nudge, but you don't do it, you know? Like, it, but if you feel, have felt the need to maybe even give more, it will definitely go. We will definitely put it to good, to good use and pay that extra rent, right? So we, we want a place to worship. Amen? <laughs> Amen. But you can't, uh, it'll be... You know, that giving that comes from the heart is just, um, you will be blessed inside and out and all over, over and over and over again. All right, our house church mug. Woo-woo, I drank from mine this morning. If you guys would like to purchase one, um, you can PayPal. Here's the account. Have you, could you guys, I know on uh, Facebook, if you follow house church, they put the video, the time-lapse video of how this lady, uh, this woman makes the cup. Did you guys see that? It was so cool. I mean, I got the mug, and it was awesome. But then to see the process of how she actually did it is so awesome. But if you guys would like a mug, here's the information, and it's also uh, on Facebook and our um, our app, our house church app. They're, and they're $25, right? Okay. All right, I think, is that everything? Did I hit everything? I think we did it. All right, would you all stand with me, please? This is the time we're going to move into grace and peace. It's the time that we all love as a church family. If we haven't hugged on, loved on, and said hi before church, we do it in the middle church and after church, right? We love it. So let's cross the aisles and just love on one another. And again, be considerate of those who are huggers and not huggers.
Sister Moon, your light shines from the heavens, giving glory, all the glory to the Maker. Gentle wind, welcome home. You've been traveling.
keep the music up, Hank. Yeah, let's go ahead and come back into our seats. Go ahead and keep the music up, Hank, if you would, please. Would you guys sing this with me? Just kind of hum. Can you turn it up a little bit, Hank? I think there's a hallelujah chorus here. Can y'all hear it? people join in the song come on get your ukulele out there is work, there is work to, to be done, done for the glory for the glory of the glory of the, the maker Ooh, give yourselves a hand clap that was pretty Oh, that's pretty. Well, hallelujah and glory, glory, glory be. We've got a lot of people in the house today. Uh, my name is Pastor Bonnie Labak, and I'll be your cruise director for this beautiful ride today. I'm just so glad to be here and thankful that everybody is with me in the house. Can you hear me okay? Am I articulating enough? Okay. Uh-oh, Hank says no. I got a little Hank saying no. I got a big Hank saying yes. How is it possible that we have two Hanks in this small of a group? Okay. <laughs> we have, um, you guys are going to worship with me today because um, we don't have any instruments today, but we are. What is our primary instrument? Our voices. Our voices, yes, indeed. So I was curious. Um, Jewel, uh, Jewel is having, Jewel and Heidi are not here today. They're probably online. Everybody wave at Jewel and Heidi. Hi, you guys. Uh, we're sending healing and blessing to you. Uh, Jewel has had an RA flare-up this morning, and Heidi is staying home to take care of her. And um, Bob James. Bob James. Everybody wave at Bob James. Bob James is also not doing well today, still having the lung issues, pneumonia, the whole um, bronchial situation that he's been dealing with um, and so they we just send our peace and healing to them um, he was a major part of my service today <laughs> so you get all of me <laughs> you get me full strength <laughs> I want to do something so fun I want to sing a four-part song, and I'm going to teach it to you. I don't think I've ever done it with this group. So do I have basses in the house? 
If anybody can sing bass, do that, okay? Do I have tenors in the house? Any tenors? Now, tenors, sometimes a female vocal can also pose as a, as a male vocal. So if you can do that, do that. Um, and now my altos. Where are my altos in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Low voice on the female side, yeah? And then my sopranos. Where's my sopranos? Ah. Go ahead, Jess. Why don't you come on up here, honey? Just come on up and say, like, not up, but, you know, just come and, and integrate with me. So we're going to do, uh, you don't have to come up here to sing with me, but this is what we're going to do. Okay, so are you guys so excited for this? <laughs> ha, 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 ha. All right, so it goes like this. The lyrics are very simple. It says, God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Can you get that? Okay. So the bass line goes like this. All my bass is in the house. I want you to start with me. And so I don't have a bass voice, so I'm going to do it, but you're going to have to really do it, all right? So all my basses really do it. Bum, 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 God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Bum, 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 God has, join with me, marvelous things. Praise the Lord. One more time. Bum, 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 God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Okay, cool. So tenors. How's the tenor voice? God, God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Let's see, something like that. So tenor. So so the bass is gonna go so bass, do with all my basses go bum 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 God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Keep going. God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Now where'd my basses go? Where'd y'all go? This is Lesson in Community 101. You got to stay on your part. Okay, now my altos. Here we go. I'm going to teach it to you. But you got to, you know, now my bass has got to stay with. And then my, alto, my tenor's got to stay with. Now altos, you're going to add your part. Let me think how it goes. Bum, bum, bum. God has done more. God has done marvelous, God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. God has done marvelous, God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. God has done marvelous, God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. All right, now basses. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. God has marvelous things. Come on, come on, come on, come on, my choir people. Come on now. Okay, now you, let me just throw your soprano in there because we ain't even done. We haven't even built this four-layer cake yet. So it's bum, 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 God has done marvelous things. Praise the tenor. God has 
those things. Praise the Lord. Bum, bum, bum. Come on, bass. Come on. You got to get in there with it. All right. <laughs> now this is going to blow your mind. You ready, Sopranos? Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Marvelous, 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 marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Can you get it, Beckham? Yeah, now with me on time. Marvelous, 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 marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Bum, 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 God has done. Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. Praise the Lord. Marvelous, marvelous. Praise the Lord. Bum, 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 God. Bum, 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 God. Marvelous, 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 marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Oh, for a choir director to come to the house. We just praise the O oh God for a choir director in advance so that Pastor Bon Bon does not have to do this job. <laughs> Why don't you guys stand with me? Let us bless the children as we send them along. Um, Miss April, where are you? Where does she go? Did, did, am I seeing her? Miss April, are you ready for this? God bless you as you go. And God bless the children. If you would like to go back with Miss April, you are dismissed at this time. <laughs> Did y'all hang in there for that? Was that awesome or what? <laughs> hey, this is an exercise in showing you that I know your part. I can lead you in your part, but you got to follow me. You got to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> now some of you are going to wake up in the middle of the bum 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 god has done marvelous things who has who feels like they have the tenor alto and the soprano could join me and we'll show how this is done you feel like you can do it i'll try with you again marvelous 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 things praise the lord what's that alto part God has done marvelous, God has done marvelous things. Praise the Lord. Yes, Sean. Yes, I saw that. I saw that hand. I saw that bass. <laughs> marvelous. Yes! <laughs> Who else has the bass part? So, Sean, can you start us out? Bum, bum, bum. things praise the lord bum 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 god and apparently we all like the bass line more than we like anything else did anybody get that soprano line did y'all get that marvelous 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 things 
Praise the Lord. Bum, bum, bum. Y'all get where I'm going with this, don't you? Okay. It's kind of like, you just can't do it. <laughs> Y'all can have a seat. God bless you. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. I, you did. No, Sean, you didn't just try. You did that. You did that. <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> A St. Francis prayer. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine love, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in the giving that we receive. It is in the pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in the dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. A prayer to welcome the Sabbath. This is our Sabbath, our Sabbath rest. Lord of creation, create in us a new rhythm of life, composed of hours that sustain rather than stress, of days that deliver rather than destroy, of time that tickles rather than tackles. Lord of liberation, by the rhythm of your truth, set us free from the bondage and baggage that breaks us, from the pharaohs and fellows who fail us, from the plans and pursuits that prey upon us. Lord of resurrection, may we be raised into rhythms of your new life, dead to deceitful calendars, dead to fleeting friend requests, dead to the empty peace of our accomplishments, to our packed full planners we bid peace, to our over-caffeinated consciousness we say cease, to our suffocating selves Lord grant us release drowning in a sea of deadlines and death chimes we rest in you our lifeline by your ever restful grace allow us to enter your sabbath rest as your sabbath rest enters into us in the name of our creator
the ones who are so experienced at triage they have an honorary medical degree. Peace to those who are afraid to unwrap old bandages to see just how deep the wounds have gone. Peace especially to the ones who are still walking around in grave clothes, uncertain how to shed what was. What if you went home and wrote a eulogy to honor a version of yourself that got you here today? Maybe something like this. We are gathered here to honor our beloved, the one who got us from there to here, who did the best they could with what they knew. His protective presence always allowed me the freedom to explore new things and kept me safe. She always tried to make everyone feel like they were the most important person in the room, because they were. They made so many mistakes, but taught me how to ask for forgiveness and to seek amends always. From him, I learned that ambition will only take me so far if I don't allow love to be my driver. She showed me that I could be both tough and tender, that a doormat should not be made of flesh and bones, but should always welcome the least of these home. Sometimes they hummed old hymns when I was afraid, and sometimes they blasted the grateful dead with the windows down. She always believed that God held us in the palm of their hand, and sometimes she was an atheist. But whenever I needed it, no matter what, I would hear their gentle whisper that love is always worth the cost. I know he wished he hadn't taken the long way around, but he gained so much that I wouldn't have now if he hadn't already covered that ground. I'm so grateful to have known and loved her and for all the gifts she has given me, even in her death. Or something like that. So... What if you honor the you that got you here today and then go put on a new robe? Get to know your resurrected body and all the truths that they hold. You are, after all, the beloved in Christ. Peace to you. Thank you for coming today, everybody. You're dismissed. <laughs> Sometimes she blasted Grateful Dead with the windows down, and sometimes hymns. Yeah. I've been known to have the most beautiful times of praise and worship in my car while driving, and then to cuss out the guy right next to me in the same breath. Hallelujah. What the heck? Man, get my praise on. <laughs> mm. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit, three in one. Oh, praise.
been walking in this Lenten journey um, for four weeks now, walking alongside the Christ in the wilderness and beyond. We have learned that the wilderness experience is not just for this 40-day metaphorical time in the scripture, but we encounter a wilderness experience over and over again in our seasons of life. One person put it this way, that wisdom is knowing what time it is. Wisdom is knowing what season you're in. Wisdom is knowing how long this system is going to last. On our drive back from Biloxi, Mississippi last week, we encountered a severe weather system. You know about that system. It hit the southern states and the Gulf and the tornadoes, the, the wind, severe wind, and hail. And that was our drive home. I thought for sure I could white knuckle the steering wheel, 10 and 2, following and hugging the white line and cruising at about 20 miles an hour, less than the speed limit for a good period of time. The first half an hour went by. I got this. Windshield wipers are going. I'm following the line. People have their hazard lights on. It's very, barely visible. We're all going about 45, 50 miles an hour on a 70-mile-an-hour road. And then the next half an hour went by, so now I'm an hour in, and I'm still attentive. The system, the weather system, now lasted into the second hour. Two hours of the same position. Two hours of the same attention. And then it went into a third hour. How big can this weather system be? How long can this last? Certainly it's time for a transition by now. Something's got to change. Come on. Something's got to change by now. How long, oh God, can this weather system last? Hour four. I'm still in the big rain, the big wind. I'm now seeing crops completely flooded. Everywhere that I'm driving through in Mississippi, it's flooded. There was even a little rodent that crossed across the, 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 the street because they, the animals were being flooded out and crops and land were just, were just holding all this water. I saw a dog who had found shelter up high to get out of this flood. There was flooding. How long? Oh God, can this last? Certainly something has to change any minute. Hour five, I began to, the, the rain began to slow down. I don't know how many miles I went, four to five hours, but a significant distance. 
I have often said that the mere passage of time does not a change make. You can, in fact, live a fair amount of time without anything ever changing. Animals are creatures of habit. Animals will take the same track over the snow or in the path, the valley, whatever it is, to get their food because they have a track, they have a habit. It's only when something scares them their food sources move, do they change their habit? Humans are not like that. You have a willpower and a consciousness that allows you to change your mind anytime you want. You don't need a fight or flight response to do that. You can change anytime that you want, but if something doesn't get uncomfortable, if it stays real nice and easy, how likely are you to get up and change? So this weather system, this wilderness, this uncultivated, unpopulated place, a desolated, des desolate, deserted area, a solitary place that also provides needed quiet from and freedom from disturbance. We're talking about walking in the wilderness with Jesus. A system, if you will. I'm a systems thinker. I study family systems theory. I lead this, this organization through family systems thinking. Every part and every piece is its own system, just like the body has its own systems. And if something is of balance pain indigestion something isn't eliminated right or ingested right that weather system these human systems these organizational systems how many systems can you think of somebody said stereo system computer system, all kinds of systems that we belong to. And when they are out of balance, out of harmony, we have to make adjustments. <clears throat> we have been going so far in this ministry for eight years. Woo I see some people going, yeah, eight years. And we are missing some people among us. For eight years, we have been tending, feeding, cultivating, teaching, praying, holding, hope, enduring, long. Dozens and dozens and dozens have come. Dozens and dozens and dozens have gone. In an eight-year period of time, many life cycles happen within an organization, within a church. As with most things, when one becomes excited about something or enters into a new relationship with or to something, what happens? You're kind of at a peak of excitement. And as life cycles go, and it's nothing bad, but it's kind of circular. So then you come into this sort of latency period, like a, not latency, but a, a, a 
status quo. It's exciting. You get into homeostasis. You get static. You get comfortable. You get harmonious. Then a crisis hits. Crisis. Some disturbance. Some turbulence. Some weather system. <laughs> old, the old, old religion would have said, we, a test comes. Old by, modeled by the wilderness experience. Because as we saw with Jesus, he was baptized in the Jordan by his cousin John. He receives the word, that God's opinion of him is, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Because you know God speaks the old English language, you know. Hear him. Bum, 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 God. Hear him. And immediately, filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus was driven into the what? Into the wilderness, yeah, into the wilderness. And so we get this template that we want to try to put on things. That's just human nature because even your brain wants desperately to make a pattern out of something, even if it's right or wrong or old, it delights in making patterns. Ah, oh, I see what's happening here. Yeah, oh yeah, cool. I get the equation. I understand what's next. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally get that. We get a dopamine rush. Yeah. And so we get enter into these wilderness periods of our time. Maybe it's testing. Maybe it's um, the trying of your faith producing patience. Maybe it's a calling to you to be with God in this system, in this season to rely on God in a different way. Even in that weather system, when I was done with the basic torrential downpour that was the first four or five hours, and I went to a dry spell. Come on, everybody heard this old language? I went through a dry spell. Only to about two or three hours later, come back into another of that same system. I thought this was over. I've come into a different part of the system, and it's raining again. This time I'm fatigued. This time I'm 10 hours in. This time I've had enough of this. But my drive to get home was stronger than my drive to quit. So what happened? My discipline kicked in. My endurance kicked in. My willpower kicked in because my reward was greater than stopping. So we begin our journey in the Lenten season. We begin it with a baptism. We begin it with God's opinion of you. Collectively, as a human consciousness, we have to begin with God's opinion of us. And then move through the wilderness and the weather Systems of life, though they last longer than you want. We all have these areas in our life where we say, shouldn't we be there by now? <laughs> that child part of you that wants to cry out, are we there yet? <laughs> are we there yet? 
it's sort of like when our 11-year-old asks us, are we there yet? We just got in the car and out the neighborhood. I'm just like, baby, I don't know how else to say this, but no, honey. I mean, no, not even close, no. I mean, not even really ever, no. I mean, we're not at the stop sign. I mean, no. I mean, and you don't want to just shame them, right? Because it's like the little baby heads are just like barely waking up. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're in the car. Yes, baby, yes, you are here. <laughs> you are a human being. You belong to me. Got to start with God's opinion of you. <laughs> here you are in your earth suit. Oh, yeah, you chose this life event. <laughs> you chose this. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, you and Jesus had a conversation and thought, ooh, life sounds fun. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> How long you want to do it? 90, 100, 120 years? Yeah, sounds good. That sounds about right. <laughs> Just enough time for you to forget, remember, <laughs> forget again, and then evolve and grow. <laughs> Just enough time for you to run into a dry patch, thinking you would never see the light of the sun again. But to learn to trust in Jesus and learn to trust in God. Yeah. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. Through it all, systems may last longer than you want them to. The sun might come up when you didn't want it to. One of the most cruel things that can happen about this creation in which we live is that things keep on turning and things keep on blooming and things keep on singing and things keep on speaking in the depths of our despair. It's both the most cruel and the most exciting healing thing that can happen to a human being. I've suffered alongside people who have experienced one of some of the most devastating deaths disappointments and losses in their life only to walk outside to a dang bird. Don't you know what's going on? Don't you know this life is never going to be the same? These things speak to us. And so the systems of our church right now are speaking to me. The reason we don't have music today is because the music was speaking to me and the people that were playing the instruments and that do play the instruments are speaking to me. They're tired. There are things that happen in this church that rely upon very few people and they show up week in and week out without a salary. This isn't their full-time job. They do this for the love. They do this for a sense of community, a hope for connection. And right now in this system, and in this system, it is speaking to me. Slow down. Pay attention to the rest that's needed. Pay attention to the people more than you do the process. Pay attention to the people more than you do your progress. Pay attention, Bonnie. 
Remember why you're here. Remember why you come into this house. More than anything, in a time when empire is strong, let me just use some language, some Bible language. When citizenship, when people are differently documented, when politics wreak havoc upon our individual minds and lives and homes, when legislation is obstacles, when inequality abounds, inequities. When climate change and climate crises and wars, it is more important than ever to come and ascend into the sanctuary with your siblings, with your family, to remember who you are and whose you are and why you are here. This gospel message has always been countercultural. The gospel message has always been a place to level the playing field apart from Caesar. The big deal about why Jesus is Lord is that Caesar is not. That's the point of it. Fill in the blank on who your Caesar is. But the whole idea of Christianity and what happens inside of a heart who has truly become one and aligned with the mind of Christ is that no matter your identity markers in the natural, no matter your class, your socio-political stand, your social standing, your political pers persuasion, your genealogy, your ancestry, your genetics, whatever those things are, as important as they are, this gospel of Christ levels the playing field and calls you all, and calls us all, one in Christ, one in love. Though the systems and the storms of life pervade, though the systems and the storms of life happen, and we walk through these wilderness is, wilderness is, We have a design and a call to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We see these things in the epistles that Paul wrote to the letters that he wrote to the churches that he started. Because all throughout history and for centuries and in antiquity too, we want to divide and stack the hierarchy who is in and who is out, who belongs, who is worthy of grace, and who isn't. The message from Paul to the churches, those early churches at Corinth and Philippi and, and Colossae and, and Galatia, were to say, come out. <laughs> Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Not just what would Jesus do, but how would Jesus do it? What is this mind? What, how is your mindset about the other? About the oppressor? About the ruler, the king, the hierarchy? 
What is your mindset? Let this mind be in you. It's in Christ Jesus, who though he was equal with God, Philippians 2 says, and it's actually a little hymn. It's actually, don't make me sing it, because, <laughs> but it's a hymn in Philippians 2 like 5 through 13, it's actually this whole liturgy. If you read all four chapters of Philippians, and I would invite you to do that, it's really this cool church service. It's an invocation, a call to praise, goes to a hymn. They say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, which was also in him. He is this one who is equal with God, but did not consider it something to be retained but instead became a human, and not just a human, he became a slave, the lowest, a servant of all. Not just a human did the divinity become, but a new identity this divinity took on. An identity of being a slave, an identity of taking the lowest in the social hierarchy, in the home hierarchy of washing feet. It was a child's job. And Jesus did that. To his friends. Translate, washing feet doesn't translate to us today. It's not our currency. But think about a way that you might think of yourself as that's not my job. <laughs> Maybe you're at work and you've been promoted. And that task is no longer your job but they're out sick that week and you got to pick it back up and do the job that you have already advanced and graduated from this is not even a, a comparison of what divinity took on I don't know why my mic's doing that or maybe I'll squeeze it I'll squeeze it more and it'll work better well, I think we changed them when we started, so. Yeah, it's just a little short. It's okay. It's okay, tall Hank. It's okay. I have a little short in my mic. As we walked, as we drove through that, it's okay. Thank you. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. As we drove through that weather system on our way home, I had been reminiscent of some things in my uh, everybody wave okay I've been a re reminiscent of some early design work that I did inside some early design work that I did um on my identity as a young person. It was what we used to call who you are in Christ. Anybody ever been raised in a place that you knew who you were in Christ before you knew what it was like to go through puberty? Before your first sex education class, you knew that you were the, come on, Amber, righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> You're like, I don't know about all this boy-girl stuff, but I know that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That was the kind of um, atmosphere that I was raised in. I had the poster. 
it was like a rainbow color poster, but it wasn't that kind of rainbow kind of stuff. It was like the rainbow stuff, and it was like real cute, and it was like the names of Jesus. Remember that one? Remember that T-shirt? The Lamb of God. Uh, you know, and it goes on. Um, all true. Not making fun of it. It's all true. Um, and then who you are in Christ, who I am in Christ. For me, that was the first way that I related to the world around me. I knew that I was the beloved of God in Christ before I knew who I was attracted to as a human being or what my vocation was to become or where I wanted to live or who my parents were, my genealogy, their social status or financial status. I thought it was the only way to be. And so, in my little Jansport backpack, carried my Bible, <laughs> my Protestant 66 books, the student-led student Bible in the backpack, and I led my Bible club at my high school campus. Everybody that I talked to and everywhere that I went, do you know Jesus? Can you imagine? You can imagine it, can't you? You didn't even hesitate. You're like, yeah, we can imagine that. I can imagine that. <laughs> I had it a little wrong, <laughs> but I, my heart was in the right place. I'd like to go ahead and write a eulogy for that 16-year-old. <laughs> Blessed are you, oh, Bonnie, <laughs> who scared the living daylights out of all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> who scared every child that you ever babysat that they were going to go to hell. I mean, God bless it. Oh, Jesus. I sometimes get cold sweats thinking about the people that I babysat and how I remember, oh, God. Oh, if somebody did that to my kids. Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> Let it not be so, Lord. <laughs> We're glad that that version died. <laughs> and we have found out that whether you know it or not, you are the beloved in Christ. Whether you have admitted or confessed the great confession of Christianity, which is simply to say the same thing that God says about you, you are in anyway. God's opinion of you does not change because of your opinion of and so in Christ, these um, beautiful truths that come primarily from, uh, from all of Paul's writing, mostly, um, I wanted to share a few of these things. And maybe um, for some of you, these, this language might be triggering, and for some of you, it would be very comforting. And as always in this house, we have an open, honest uh, platform, a conversation that we can have questions that we can ask. What do we think about it now? Because I don't believe that your deconstruction should, land, should just stay in a deconstruction zone. I believe that you can begin to rebuild the ethics of your faith. 
Does this sound familiar to you? Colossians 2.10, I am complete in him. Remember that one? I rewrote it to say, I am complete in God to whom I yield and who is over all the voices in my head and who is the authority over every angelic and earthly power. Colossians 2.10. Because these writers were constantly trying to tell you, hey, look, you may have this oppressive rule. You may have this boss, this king, this governor, this president, whatever the case is, that doesn't lean in your direction. But you have an identity in Christ that you can tap into at any time. At any time. It's your Christ core consciousness. Ephesians 2.5, I am alive in Christ. I didn't have to change that one. That just stands on its own. Romans 8.2, I am free from the law of sin and death. I'll say yes to that. I am free from the law of sin and death. And you understand what they're doing there. Any of these lists, if you were to Google who I am in Christ, everybody has their own kind of emphasis or accentuation on what kind of topic they want to draw out of the who you are in Christ language. But it's basically a bunch of things inside of the revelation of the epistles of the New Testament that would say, hey, this is who we are now. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Inside of this realm, this supersedes my identity and all the checkboxes that I have to mark on what my profile is. I am male or female or non, but I am in Christ. And in Christ, there is no male or female. These writers have been saying that for centuries. Galatians 2.20, I think, maybe. 2.16, 2.20, 2.16, 2.20, I think, is for I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Grandma always used to say, Bonnie, it's the faith of the Son of God. It's not your own faith. Isn't that beautiful? You don't have to have faith. Jesus did it for you. And you just get to draft off of him. I like to say it like this. I'll have what he's having. God, I'll have what he's having. With the spirit of God, Isaiah 54, 14, I am far from oppression and I will not live in fear. I don't think any, I I could use that as a post-it note on my mirror. I could do that. I am free. With the Spirit of God, I am far from oppression and will, ne- will not live in fear. I am born of God, and the evil one has no hold on me, 1 John 5, 18. All the parts of me are holy and without blame before God in love, Ephesians 1, 4, and 1 Peter 1, 16. Now I added all the parts of me are holy. Because the language, the translator actually just said, I am holy and without blame before him in love. But this culture that's creating these human beings needs to know that all the parts of you are holy. Added parts, subtracted parts, modified parts, new parts, old parts, all the parts of you are holy and without blame before God in love. And that goes for your neighbor too. I have the mind of Christ. I'll say yes to that. I don't even need to change that, Linda. It's just like, I have it done. Now what it is, is this whole conversation that scholars are trying to talk about all the time. It's a constant debate and argument. 
What does it mean to have already attained and to still be becoming? Because I have been given all of the things that pertain to life and godliness. I have been given all of the blessings and spiritual blessings in Christ in heavenly places, but I am still becoming. It is the sign of an intelligent mind and a spiritually alive person to hold two opposing truths at the same time. So don't trip. You are both totally in and full and totally poor and don't know what the heck you're doing. Two opposing truths. And we like to say, my wife and I, as we were driving back in that system, we said, at any time that I choose, I can tap into my mind of Christ. The mind of Christ on that. How? What's the structure? How would Christ think about this? And how would Christ think about me? Listen to this, Philippians 4, 7. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. The very peace that God has, I have. Like, I don't even know how God has peace with all that God sees. The greater one, 1 John 4, 4. The greater one lives in me, greater than the accuser, greater than the oppressor, and greater than death. Now, I modified that because it just said, remember the old one just said, greater is he that is living in me than he that is in the world. You remember that? Yeah. Well, it helps me because I don't know who the one who is living in the world is. So it helps me to say that accuser, that voice in my head that one that keeps me down, that tells me I can't, that tells me I'm not enough, that tells me I'm not worthy. Greater is the one. Greater is the one's opinion of me, that glorious opinion that I am the beloved in Christ, that I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. I am more than a conqueror, not through over other people, but more than a conqueror in my own system. Would someone close that door back there? if they're going to be running through the halls. <laughs> and the last one for today. I have received a tremendous deposit of grace and the gift of righteousness, and I cooperate confidently in life with Christ. That's Romans 5.17. The language there is actually says that I reign in Christ, or I reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. I reign in life. Um, people have mistaken that and translated that to reign over another human and to oppress others, and that's not the gospel. I want to just say this, because it's been in the water so much. Christianity is not a monocultural religion. Christianity is not westernized politics. That's why I still call myself a Christian. That's why I still take up that name. Because it, because it is not a political movement. I mean, it, well, it was in a sense, but it is not this political movement. It is not a monocultural experience. Does that make sense to you? That's why, because a lot of people say, you still call yourself a Christian? Yes, I do. And a lot of people still do because I understand the nature and the spirit and the essence of it. And so I let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. 
who though he was equal with God, did not consider it something to be retained or held on to, but became a human. His divinity became human, and then his humanity became the servant of all. And that is servant leadership and the mind of Christ, loving our neighbor, loving our neighbor as ourself. This uh, old prayer, and there's so many of these in Christ that we just don't have time for, but there's this uh, prayer by St. Patrick that I just love so much, and uh, I would invite you to look it up and say it over yourself. And we'll end it with this, and then we'll go into our interactive worship and also into our communion. Um, the prayer of St. Patrick, Christ with me, Christ before me. How about this, you guys? Do you want to say it after me? Do you trust me to lead you in this? Would you be okay with that? Like, you don't know, so you don't have to say it if you don't want to. But I would love for you to do that. Why don't you say it after me? Christ with me. Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ in me. Christ beneath me. Christ above me. Christ on my right hand. Christ on my left hand. Christ when I lie down. Christ when I sit down. Christ when I arise. Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me. Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me. Christ in every eye that sees me. Christ in every ear that hears me. That would also be a great way to start a day. So my friends, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. We hold these truths individually and together as a community. We come together to strengthen the bond of our alignment and our enjoyment with Christ. God bless you. As we enter this second part or fifth or one hundredth part of this service, I invite you and Marcia, would you join me here at the table to worship in ways that matter to you at this moment. I want the house to stay free from conversation between you. This is a space for you to reflect and to consider your in-Christedness. You can take a journaling card from over here. You can worship with your money over there. You can fill out a card you can drop a rock into the vase of water as an indication of laying a burden down. I invite you definitely to light a candle at the cross, to say a prayer, to stand, to kneel. I envision a time in our services, and I have had this vision for eight years, and it has never actually come to pass. But I have this vision in my mind that there would be little prayer areas in like coves and caves and there would be water flowing where baptisms could happen spontaneously and people could pray in their own little private silos that pillows and, 
and rugs could, could happen. People could kneel, sit, or stand, or sing, or run their hands under water, or handle textiles or textures that in, incorporate the message of the gospel. It has been said that unless you feel it in the muscle, it's not real to you. So we do an abbreviated version of that. Would you dream with me about what this time of the service could be like? And if you are so moved, do your version of that in this space of time as we come to the table. So we will take our communion together today like we normally do. Um, and whoever would like to come to the table is welcome. This is an open table. You don't have to take a class or um, understand our church beliefs or anything like that. I simply ask that you want to. If you want to do it, then I want you to do it. You'll take the bread and the cup and return it to your seat. Go and do whatever you else you want to do interactively. And then um, at the end, I will lead us in the partaking of the bread and the cup. Would you stand? God bless you as you come and mingle around.
this house sing it out
Harmony better with it like this. We receive it. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, come on. I say yes. Say yes, ma'am. A bread and a piece of bread, however much you want. Yeah. Your labor this one. And a big piece of bread. Yeah. The body of Christ. So and the ground underneath you spells and stems. Yeah, yeah. Your planting and reaping are never Everybody, this is Linda um, Swally. This is uh, Shara's mom, and I've received her into this house because she and her husband uh, ministered as pastors for um, over 30 years, and she is a seasoned woman of God, and I respect her and trust her tremendously, and she just stepped out of her seat and asked if she could say something, and so what am I going to say to that? Yes, ma'am. I think it's important that I'm supposed to share this before you take communion. So if you close your eyes, oops, I talk with my eyes. If you close your eyes with me and just listen deep inside, this, this is a picture. God gives me pictures. And he showed me this beautiful baby just bathing in this soft sunlight. And the baby was laughing and giggling and wiggling. I want you to look in your heart right now. Because God is making you so new inside. See yourself as this new, newborn. You're not going to carry that scar of pain in your heart anymore. You said, I'm going to carry that till the day I die. But God says, no, no, I got this one. This one you can let go of. You've got some stuff that you thought you'd have to carry forever. But he's saying, you are new, brand new. You don't have to carry that scar. You don't have to carry that sorrow. See yourself brand new, without pain, without disappointment, without brokenness. Your brand, brand new baby being bathed in his light. And that sorrow and pain is gone. He's got it. He's going to take it for you and carry it. You don't have to carry it anymore.
deep. So, Father, we thank you for your mercy and your mercies that are new in this day. We thank you in this communion we are taking within and into ourselves the body and the blood of Christ, a physical reminder that we are in you in spirit. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, remember me. House church, take and eat the body of Christ. On the same night, after that supper, he took up the cup. And he, Jesus, I believe, was so creative and so ingenious, taking whatever he had around him, and he said, this is my blood poured out for you a new covenant in my love. As often as you do this, remember me. This is the last cup that I'm left with, so I'm going to drink out of it freely. Let's church take and drink the blood of Christ. Would the children, would some of the children take up the cups? They love to gather them and put them in the waste bin in the back. This is a very important announcement. There's more bread up here. I need children to come and eat of it at the end of the service. Ah, I see tears and eyes, and I see such beautiful things happening in this house. You are brand new. You are that baby. You are free from sin. And this is a new day for you. And I pronounce and declare you clean. Jesus said, what I have called clean, do not call unclean. That's what God said. And so, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. In this is love, not that we love and impress God, but that God loves us and gave God's self to be the mercy seat for our sin. In light of this glorious truth, let us be tender-hearted toward one another, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has abundantly forgiven us. And as we have freely received today, let us go and freely give. God bless you this hour and every hour of your day. I would love for some children to come and eat the rest of this bread and also join me at the cross for the blowing out of the candles. And I would love to meet anybody who's here for the first time. I would love to shake your hand and get to know you a little bit. God bless you as you go.